Welcome to Imago Dei, the program that brings you theological and philosophical reflections for today's world. This is your host, Joseph Terry. Welcome back to Imago Day. I'm so excited to start the new year with you as we return to this program. My hope is that I will be able to put out an episode at least once a week. And that's a hope. Um, hoping, hoping you can hold me accountable to that. But anyway, uh, today I would like to talk briefly about freedom. And I think this is a good time to discuss freedom. Just to offer perhaps a a short meditation inviting us to to really sit with the question, what is freedom? And I suspect we all have uh, varying uh, particular definitions of freedom that even inform our way of life and have a decisive effect on the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis. And I think this is a good time to think about freedom, to, to, to reflect on freedom since it's the beginning of the new year. And what we, what many of us typically do at the beginning of the new year is make resolutions. We, we promise ourselves that we're going to lose this amount of weight or begin this project. I mean, here I am starting the podcast up again at a new year. We, we, many of us do this. We, we come to the table and say, all right, I have these goals in mind and this is what I'm going to do. The question is, why do we fail? Uh, with these promises that we give ourselves? Why do we fail our resolutions? What's happening? Is it that we're carrying too much? Is it that we are not, uh, we, we, we just don't have healthy rhythms or our, our hopes are too high, we're not practical in our approach? And, you know, of course, many of these are reasons why we perhaps fail in achieving our resolutions, seeing them to the end. But I believe that one of the reasons is because we just uh, need to return to the question of freedom, consider really what freedom is, um, and, and kind of reorient ourselves, perhaps even um, bring about a paradigm shift within ourselves so that we can appropriate the goals that we have for ourselves and for others. So I want to ask the question, what is freedom? I believe the question of freedom is profoundly connected, perhaps even intrinsically connected uh, to, to the question of, of how we ought to live our lives. I, I would submit to you that freedom is that important. And so I want to consider the words by the Apostle Paul, by St. Paul, offered in his letter to the church in Galatia. This is coming from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1. 
a well-known scripture to many Christians, and it reads as follows. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let me read that one more time. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Okay. Offering a little context here, Paul the Apostle is writing to a church that has lost her way, a church that is uh, caught up once again in in a kind of legalism, uh, an attempt to grow in the 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 their relationship with God by keeping the old Mosaic law to the T. And what Paul is attempting to do here in this letter is to clarify their vision, to remove the stuff from their eyes as they were, as it were, uh, the, the, the spiritual dross that has covered over their hearts so that they can uh, see the beauty and the splendor of the gospel, you know, the finished work of Christ. And so he says here, it is for freedom, not for slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But, but notice that second sentence where he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Okay. In one sense, that seems clear enough. But what is, the, what is freedom? What is freedom? How do we stand in this profound liberty that Christ himself has brought about for the sake of the church and for the world? Well, let me offer a definition of freedom to you. Um, I, I would, I mean, this is a Joe Terry definition. I was just sitting here thinking about what freedom is. I, I would, uh, I think I would define freedom in the following way. I think freedom is the ability to achieve some end or some goal unhindered. Freedom is the ability to achieve some end, some goal unhindered. Now, notice that freedom there is not necessarily defined as doing whatever you want to do. A kind of uh, radical libertarian freedom, uh, a freedom that is tethered to the ego. Just do you, as we say in the urban world, just do you. Um, that, that is speaking of a kind of freedom, but that doesn't really capture the full motif, I would say, of what freedom actually is. It's actually a small sliver or, or only a portion of what freedom is. It's not nuanced enough. And so I think that freedom is the ability to achieve some end, some goal, unhindered. Well, the question is, what end? What goal? That is key, because de depending on the goal or the end that we have in mind, that will determine what we will say yes to and what we will say no to. Genuine freedom will always recognize the no to things so that we can say yes to other things. I really believe that. And when we consider um, differences uh, among goals, uh, differences among ends, 
uh, we can probably scale them out. Um, if I have, for instance, in my mind, the goal, uh, the desire to um, buy a stick of gum, that is a pretty clear and straightforward goal. I just uh, need a little money and go and purchase the stick of gum. The stick of gum will give me some value. Uh, it's not going to be a value that uh, transcends to the upper echelon of reality, but nevertheless, it will give me something there, and and there it is. Now, when you compare the goal to um, getting a stick of gum to, let's say, completing uh, a, a graduate degree, you see that there are differences, clearly. And what is needed to accomplish a graduate degree is going to be vastly different than what is needed to achieve, to obtain a stick of gum. And when we begin to lay out the different goals we have in mind, uh, the, the different desires we have before us, we can uh, begin to see that there are what are called lower goods and higher goods. Now, Socrates and Plato, even Aristotle will muse on this. These are some of the uh, classical household names of, of philosophy going back uh, 2,400 years. That there is a distinction between lower goods and higher goods. Now, when you begin to recognize that there are differences among goods, this will begin to open up for us uh, um, uh, fresh understandings, I believe, to the different ways we can really perceive the nature of freedom. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Again, let us say, let us say, let us say we have um, here, two categories, two categories. And I think this is going to help flesh this out for us. Category number one could be understood as freedom from constraints. Freedom from constraints. This is what I call arbitrary freedom. This is the freedom that many of us, particularly in our hedonistic, consumeristic materialistic culture knows very well when we uh, pat each other on our back and we say yeah just you know do what's in your heart do what feels right um just do you just do you um typically what's being invoked there is a certain kind of freedom it is a freedom from constraints and what i mean by that phrase from constraints i mean from certain disciplines whether they are external or internal constraints uh, so that the ego so that the sense of self can have a free reign is this this produces what is called a voluntarism it's a philosophical term there that 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 pretty much means voluntarism means um, the free exercise of the will Right, that the will is above all else. The will, our volition, determines in many ways reality as it is. And so, 
freedom from constraints or arbitrary freedom, I will submit to you, um, has its place when it comes to the pursuit of lower goods. Uh, what some philosophers will have called base goods or base desires. Not necessarily because they are bad um, uh, intrinsically per se, uh, but that you're just they're just lower on the spectrum of, of those things that are worthwhile, those things that have value. And this raises, of course, questions of instrumental goods versus intrinsic goods. Um, and, and perhaps in other podcasts, I would like to talk about that. But let me just continue here in these, in these categories that I'm attempting to offer for you here. So we have freedom from constraints. And I want you in your mind to juxtapose, to put side by side that um, that category, freedom from constraints, with freedom for higher goods. Notice the difference. Freedom from versus freedom for. And of course, the full category there is freedom for higher goods or freedom for a higher good. While the first category, freedom from constraint, the operative word there, the key word for me there is the word from, to speak of a kind of liberty. I, 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 I can't wait, one may say, right, uh, to move away from home so I, I don't have to, I could be free from my parents. I no longer need to live under their tyrannic rule like, oh my goodness, I can't take out the car and um, I, I have a curfew and there's so many things I cannot do. I can't wait to be free from these external constraints. I can't wait till school is over. <laughs> so I could be free from these blasted teachers and professors and their endless assignments, right? I can't wait to be free from this diet. I cannot wait to oh, fully enter into freedom, right? I can't wait to be free from this relationship, right? So I can just go and play the field. And, and so see there that the first category, the category of freedom from, uh, in a sense, sees oneself as imprisoned, as limited, as confined and chained. Hence the, the word from set me free from this, right? And in this kind of category, the first category that I'm referring to here, freedom from constraints, what I call here as arbitrary freedom, uh, it, it really highlights the, the ego or the will. That the will stands above all else, right? It's just... I don't want to conform to any of these external things. I don't want to listen to them. I, I just want to do me. Now, typically what that is, is um, a, a desire to, well, let me not even go there, right? I was, was going to kind of offer some conjectures, but let me just hold that off for a second. just want to stay with this category, right? Freedom from constraints. Another example is, oh my goodness, there's so many uh, traffic lights in New York City. I just wish I can be free from these stop signs and the red light so I can just do me. Now, I want you to sit and consider, as attractive as this first category of freedom seems to be, the kind of, the kind of life that will uh, come about from it. 
this this is this could be uh, quite troubling. Now imagine uh, living in New York City as I do. Um, there are times I'm rushing to a place and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I wish I could be free from these uh, traffic laws and the, the cameras, the traffic cameras and whatnot, right? And let's say, for instance, I could just snap my finger and voila, I have a straight path toward my destination, my destination, my goal, my desire. Now, on the surface, that seems great. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Green lights and no stop signs. I can fly. I can just go. The problem, of course, is that everyone else will also, everyone else on the road will also, uh, let's say, not have traffic laws. Or they, if the traffic law is still somehow in effect, and by, by virtue of me snapping the finger, it's green lights all the way for me and red for everyone else, it, this decision of mine would fundamentally arrest everyone else as they wait indefinitely on these red lights. But I have the straightaway path. Or let's say by the snapping of the finger, all traffic law uh, um, um, enforcement agents and lights and laws just vanish from New York City. Now, can you imagine all the cars in New York driving without stop signs, traffic lights and whatnot? This would be a disaster. And we come to realize immediately, just as we think about this, we say to ourselves, wait a minute. These laws are not there to limit my freedom, though I may feel that in the moment, especially when I'm late to a place. These laws are designed to cultivate freedom. Given the number of cars and the number of people on the road, this helps to not only cultivate protection, but even liberty. Because if there were no traffic laws, it would be virtually impossible to drive in New York City with all the congestion there is on, on the streets. I mean, you could see this when you pull up to an intersection and a major intersection and the light is out. Everyone is treating it as a stop sign. And you could you just if you've never had that experience, God bless you. But I mean, the traffic is backed up. Right. And so you're just like, oh, my goodness, thank God for traffic laws. Now, of course, I'm not referring here to unjust laws and other things like that. I'm just here giving a, a simple illustration. Right. Another example is a person who says, oh, I'm just I just can't wait to be free from my personal trainer. My personal trainer is just a pain in the butt. I, I come to the gym and, you know, I just want to I want to go to the gym. I just want to be free from all of this. I don't want to work out and I want to be free from diets. I just want to eat whatever I want. Now, in this sense, the freedom from constraints that I'm referring to here, this categorization will indeed give you immediate results. It will give you immediate desires. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, great. I get to relax. I get to chill. I don't have to go to the gym. I don't have to listen to somebody telling me do a thousand push ups and sit ups like, oh, <sighs> I'm free from the constraints. But what what is going to happen if we subsist in that, if we just stay in that, if we abide in that reality, well, as you can imagine, a whole host of things can happen. 
if we desire the higher goods, let's say, of a healthy physique, an aesthetically attractive physique, well, then I need to learn how to say no to a number of things. I must become limited in my choices conscientiously the word that we have for that is called discipline i must become disciplined in my eating habits i must begin to cultivate new taste to retrain my taste buds i must learn how to fall in love with the gym right i, I must reorient my internal desires to pursue the higher goods right i must discipline myself in order to obtain the higher goods. This is what I'm referring to here as a second category, the freedom for a higher good. This is what I'm calling here as true freedom. True freedom, referring to the higher ends and goals. In order for the higher goods to be achieved, discipline must be present. You can't have the proverbial cake and eat it too. There is no, uh, let me just be free from all constraints and yet at the same time uh, achieve the best. I go into a gym, I see across the gym, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to get a, a six pack abs like that and, and pecs like that and lift this much weight. And the personal trainer says, oh, okay, are you, you really about this life? Do you really want to do this? All right, let's put the work in. Here is the discipline. It's like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. Uh, but I must keep my eyes on the prize. The freest athlete, the freest ball player, let's say, is he or she who has internalized not only the laws of the game that they're playing, but have conditioned themselves through discipline to obtain the physique and the mental wherewithal to achieve the athletic capacity that they now have. They're the freest. They're the freest. The freest writer is someone who has internalized all the rules and the constraints of the language that they're writing in so that they are able to articulate and express themselves in a way that is coherent and and true to who they are. Their voice permeates their writing. Now, imagine as an English professor sitting down with a student says, just, just, just be free. Be free from all the constraints. Now, there is an exercise in academic writing sometimes called free writing where the professor will say, you know, don't, I don't want you to be concerned about rules and grammar. Just, just express yourself. And, and that has a small place. It has a function within the pedagogical framework. But the reality is the freest writers are, one, are those who have in, internalized those rules and those constraints. They are free. So notice the relationship there. Freedom from constraints versus freedom for a higher good. And, and, and I submit to you that those who are operating in the second category, the freedom for, right? That is, in other words, purposeful freedom. Uh, there, that person grows in wisdom 
And, and this kind of freedom leads to an authentic actualization of themselves. They're able to really pursue the things that, that they may see as their vocation, their calling. And this is just, just a small little meditation on freedom. But I, you know, I, when I share this with my students in my, in my philosophy courses, I say, my goodness, if you can get this now, your life will be revolutionized. Your life will be, it will just change forever. Because once we see that all the choices that we have to make on a daily basis are choices either for lower goods or higher goods, and when we begin to uh, cultivate a, 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 a new perspective, and say, hey, wait a minute, my desire, my, my, my real desire for the purposeful, uh, for the higher goods here, at times clash with my base desires. Once we become, once we, we get to this awareness, to this recognition, oh my goodness, it, it, just, it just changes everything. And I even say this with my students. I say, you know, the students typically, right, on average, who, who are, who are uh, excelling in their studies, who have the higher GPAs, who are just really taking in the information. Uh, these are students, for the most part, of course, uh, um, who, who are recognizing in this area of their life the, the in, importance of the freedom for right versus the freedom from the students who are struggling very low gpas like ah oh, and you know it's like oh my goodness these are students for the most part maybe not every student right but in general these are students who are living out of the first category freedom from constraints it's like oh my goodness i have a party friday night and i have this hangout saturday but man i got like two essays due on tuesday and a major exam on monday what do i do decision Decisions, decisions, decisions. What do I do? And those students who uh, are able to set their minds and hearts, as Paul says, on things above in Colossians and not on earthly things, right? Using here as an analogy, right? Those, those students who are able to say, mm -mm, I, 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 want, I want to get this material. This is why I'm here right now. I mean, there'll be time for fun and play when the time comes, but I, I need to live for the higher good right now. Those students and who are able to say yes to the bigger goods, as it were, the higher goods, are students who are also able to say uh, uh, no to the lesser goods. In fact, the only way you can say yes to the higher goods is simultaneously saying no to the lower decisions, the, the lower goods, the base goods, right? This this negotiation has to happen. And so it's just a small reflection for all of you. Um, again, my prayer is to come uh, join with you every week, um, once a week, that's the hope, sit with you, discuss a topic, reflect on, on a certain theological, philosophical, perhaps even a scientific um, idea. Uh, thanks for joining with me. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week ahead.